Everybody, welcome back to episode 82 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, part of Pinstripe Alley. We're back, Sean and Ryan, talking about the latest Yankee developments on the hot stove, which right now I don't even think anyone's hit the preheat button. Well, I guess that would be an oven, but no one's turned on the stove. It's uh, been pretty, pretty slow as expected, but honestly, this is going even slower than what I would have initially thought, Sean, especially on the DJ LeMahieu front. I mean, we uh, Brian Cashman was interviewed on Yankees Hot Stove last night, and it was uh, it was kind of depressing, to be honest. He was just like, oh, it's just like a wait and see. Both sides are talking, but uh, that just doesn't sound like, wouldn't you be a little more aggressive in pursuing someone who's been an MVP candidate for you for the past two seasons? I'd be very aggressive with someone who's been an MVP candidate. And I think what's more depressing is that it seems like this is going to be it. They're going to they're going to try to get him and that that's probably all she wrote. Except for the great news that Nestor Cortez Jr has returned, but yes. Um, you know, that's um <laughs> that like it seems like LeMahieu's the only fish. Like uh, Michael on the Michael K show, Michael K indicated that like pretty much it's going to be LeMahieu and then they're done. So Yankees very rarely have a guy circled that they want and don't get him. So I think the Yankees will get it done. But what worries me is that's all they're going to do. But uh, I I think that the Yankees are just waiting to see the market play out. And then they'll give LeMahieu his offer because I think they're very cognizant to not overpay uh, LeMahieu. And we'll go from there. Yeah, which is that i i know like i repeat this a lot on here but that's the part that bothers me because you literally are the yankees being the richest team in the league is an actual advantage in a league where there's no salary cap so you have the advantage and the capability of slightly overpaying someone to the point where it really doesn't matter for you in the scheme of things because of the rest of your income and revenue and financial worth and you'd be able to lock up players sooner than other teams because you have that ability and then can start filling other areas of need instead of doing this sitting around waiting stuff which is obviously grueling for fans but also not very efficient for a team that's supposed to be trying to capitalize on a on a championship window so now we're just sitting here like wondering are we going to bring back this bonafide MVP candidate. I mean, it, it should be a no-brainer. Let's lock him up and get this done. But it's just not. Yeah, I, th- I think what worries me is it seems like what the Yankees' approach is going to be is, well, all right, this kind of current window is, seems to be closing, so we're going to lock up maybe like Judge and a, you know Hicks and Severino and Cole, and then we'll see what the next group of prospects brings in. But it shouldn't. That shouldn't be the strategy. It should be we. We still are. You know, we, we have a. We're close to a championship team. We're not there, but if we invest, you know, financially in the team, we can 
be one of those teams like the Dodgers or, you know, that that's considered a favorite. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times. The Yankees are content with being on the precipice because baseball is, you know, um, very unpredictable. So they could fall into a championship. But that's not the Yankees, especially when they have that kind of money, like teams like the Rays, teams like the Indians, they could fall into a championship. But the Yankees should be the ones that are uh, predicted to win year after year with the payroll that they command. Yeah, and, and you, incre- you you hurt those chances of falling into a championship so much when you are completely depleted on the pitching front because you're stretching guys thin as a playoff run goes on and your chances decrease more and more with each passing series. I mean, I feel like we saw that in the 2019 ALCS down the stretch where, you know, the Yankees got caught in a, in a bullpen day in game six and didn't work out for them. And if, even if they had gotten to game seven, it would have been a banged up beleaguered Severino going in a winner take all who hadn't pitched that much at all that year. And then it would have been Severino with a torn UCL pitch. Yeah. Pitching against Garrett Cole. Um, And then this year, you know, we had the game two debacle, which you know you can argue that however you like, but that was also the product of just not having a lot of pitching options. So, with all that being said, you know we have Cashman last night kind of dodging questions to the rumor of that the Yankees feel like if they get Lemayhu, they're not going to be able to afford bringing back someone like Tanaka for the, to help the rotation, which. To be honest, I find even more worrisome than this LeMahieu news progressing so slowly because the Yankees currently have Garrett Cole and and then who for a five, for a five man rotation, which has been the Achilles' heel of a playoff run for the past three years. It's that is that's scary. You have Garrett Cole and then just a bunch of unproven's unknowns. Obviously, Debbie was. Um, you know, encouraging in his in his rookie season. So you hope he can he continues to evolve, but you don't know. Clark Schmidt has made what two major league starts. Mo- Montgomery was nice, and then he was huge actually in Game Four of the playoffs. But you also you also don't know what he's going to be. Domingo Herman has didn't pitch all last year. He hasn't seen a major league mound since September of 2019. So who, who the hell are they going to put in the rotation? Yeah, I mean the Yankees need to go out. I think Yankees need to go get two starters. I, oh, absolutely. I they, they need to get one. I think they should bring Tanaka back. He's a proven commodity. Um, it's not that old. I think he likes to be here. Um, so I'd get Tanaka back and then get one other arm. And I'd love it to be Bauer. It doesn't have to be, but it should be. And then you know, then you have two spots for for everybody else to play for. And you know, Garcia is not, you know, we, we, we saw, we saw this with Phil Hughes. Phil Hughes looked great his first season. And then after that, he had, a, he had a down year and, and that could happen for, for Garcia as well. Um, so don't, don't think just because they had a good start, I'm not talking about you, I'm just fans in general that, uh, next year's a given. And, you know, I, I'd rather have competition for the last couple spots than rather, okay, these are our five. Let's hope it works out. Like I'd rather have, you know, I'd always rather go with a lot of depth. I'd rather go into spring training with eight starting pitchers. And you know the three of them are going to be going down to um, Scranton to start the year because you need that kind of depth to get through 162 games, which it looks like hopefully we're going to be playing this year. 
Yeah, exactly. When we're talking about all these unknowns, that's that's fine to have when you're trying to fill out a fourth and fifth spot of the rotation. Like you said, get a competition between Herman and Devi and, and Clark Schmidt and and all these younger guys to see you know who's going to take up those last one or two spots. But for a, a pitching rotation for a supposedly championship contending club, you should have at least your one through three locked up for a, a starting rotation. I mean. Even like, even if it's a 2009 situation where you don't where you don't have much past your top three starters, but you have, you know, a, a bona fide offense, which which the Yankees have, then yeah. that's fine. But the Yankees only have a bona fide one right now. They well, th- go ahead. I, I, sorry, well, I was going to say, think about 2009 though. The Yankees actually had a bona fide rotation going into the season, a top four, because Chin Ming Wong up until that point of his career was mm-hmm. excellent, a Cy Young contender just two years prior. And then he had the injury in 2008 and never was able to recover. But going into 2009, the Yankees t- rotation looked formidable um, with Jabba as the number five guy and Phil Hughes in the wings and everything. But, um, you know, so that's how quickly it could change. Like they went from an amazing top four to top three and and it, it things can change so quickly so that's why depth is important and as i think you were about to say the yankees only have garrett cole and that's the only known commodity yeah exactly and look i i get it that you know you want to see what these guys can do and if they don't and if some of them don't perform which some of them probably won't it's highly unlikely that all these guys are going to pan out very very unlikely and I, I get if they don't, they'll they'll be the trade deadline and stuff. But the Yankees have had a recent track record of not filling areas of need at the trade deadline already. So, you know, who's to say that the Yankees go into 2021 with a really thin rotation that doesn't pan out and they're getting knocked around and they're, you know, in the divisional race thanks to their offense and, and their bullpen. But they obviously need a they need starting pitching to get over the hump and, and be championship favorites. And, you know, who's to say that? July 31st comes and goes and we're back to you know watching Brian Cashman at a press conference talking about how you know we didn't like what the asking price was for some of these guys and we feel like you know Severino coming back from his Tommy John is like getting a starter himself like I I can already see it all unfolding yeah it's not yeah it's and the, the the silly thing is, we know how this is going to play out. The Yankees aren't going to surprise us and be like, "Hey, we got all this money, let's spend it." They're yeah. they're just have all this money and and they're not going to spend it, and it's frustrating. So and and you know, I think we're talking about the rotation. The bullpen needs help too now. I mean, the bullpen is um, you know is in uh, slight disarray. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, with the loss of Tommy Canley hurts the regression of Adam Adovino hurts you hope he can come back and and be effective but I mean outside of that you've got Chapman Green Britain which is obviously a really solid three but it'd be nice to have another reliable arm or or two out there in that bullpen I love Nestor Cortez but he ain't it no no I I love watching him pitch just for his you know wind-up variety but yeah, he's 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 not gonna be he's not gonna be getting in high leverage situation. Well, I hope not. Who at this rate maybe he will, but and again, the you know this this complaint for the Yankees can be applied to pretty much every team in the league right now. In terms of not adding, you know, not adding pieces when when they're available because 
you know, a lot of teams are crying poor, but the pieces are out there. The Yankees have the ability to vastly upgrade these these areas of need. They they can go out and get a Brad Hand on, on the cheap. They can go out and and get Trevor Bauer. They can, you know, they they could get these guys that'll significantly help their most glaring deficiencies on the roster and uh just to watch you know to watch that not happen is uh it's going to be it's going to be frustrating it's going to be tough to get you know obviously i'll be excited for what we hope will be a a, you know the first full season since 2019 but these these kind of off seasons just they make it tough to get excited because you know you're like okay my my favorite team which is supposed to be a championship contender isn't doesn't seem to be aggressively chasing a championship despite not having won one in 11 years yeah it's very uh very frustrating so anyway um so you know i i think obviously we both know the rotation and the um the bullpen are are areas of need but there are still tweaks i think to the to the lineup that can and need to be done um, yeah, especially I, if Urshela doesn't come back right away. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about it, and I was looking at the non-tenders, and, and I had a couple ideas, and I don't think it'll cost that much, in the words of, of George Costanza, in, in getting Barry Bonds. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the guys the Yankees would acquire um, to have what I call the God Squad lineup. And it, it's only really two and a half guys because Gardner's in, in my list. So he doesn't really count because, you know, he's just happy. happy this to already be. isn't seeming quite godlike, but continue. Silence. He's, he's my, he's my, uh, like fifth, fifth outfielder. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about starting lineup. No. Okay. So, no, no. So, so he, the only new addition to the starting lineup, in my opinion, is Lindor. I think we know Cleveland wants to trade him. It's not going to take a huge boatload to get him because they're just trying to dump salary. Um, so I think you go out and get Lindor. It's, I mean, even for one year, it's not going to cost you really that much. Yeah, um, I, I but hope you should resign him. I hope it wouldn't because I, I love Lindor. Obviously, he's got so much value, but he, ha- you know, he hasn't been superstar level the past year and a half or so. Hopefully, that changes. He, he's young, so yeah. But yeah, I love um, Lindor. So anyway, I would I would trade for Lindor, and then this gives you um, an infield of Lemay. Oh, and then resign Lemayhew. That that's part of my God Squad. Sorry, forgot about that. So you have LeMahieu at third, Lindor at short, Torres at second, and Voight at first. And then you have Gio on the infield who spots in. And, and you know, I mean, everybody's going to need a day off once a week. So you just have Gio as kind of like you plug him in and then DJ could go to second. If Lindor needs a day off, he moves Torres to short. Obviously, Voight needs a day off, you move DJ to first and put Gio at short. So you have a, a solid backup. So now you have a lineup that has LeMahieu, Judge, Lindor, Stanton, Torres, Hicks, Voigt, Frazier, and Sanchez. That's that's death row right there. Yeah. And then on the bench, you have Gio as a backup, which he's still going to get ample playing time like we've talked about. Like your backup player is always – you know, your, 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 fifth, your fifth infielder is always going to get a ton of at-bats, especially in this day and age. You have Higgy as your backup catcher. I think that's not a surprise there. Guardy as your fifth outfielder, but your fourth outfielder and your backup DH would be Kyle Schwarber, who you go and you get for cheap because he was non-tendered by, by the Cubs. I mean, in 2018 and 2019, he had OPS pluses, 
of 117 and 122. So if this is your lefty bat off the bench that can spell an outfield, you know, uh, he's not a great defensive outfielder, but if Stanton gets hurt, he can fill in at DH without a problem. So that's a backup for Stanton. And if Frazier needs a day off, you could just throw him out there. If you need more defense, you put Gardner out there. But now you have two amazing well, – no, well, hold on. You have one good lefty bat off the bench, a one really good bat, lefty bat off the bench. So now you have a little bit more balance to work with. You have two switch hitters in your lineup with Lindor and Hicks. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like this would be like an optimum Yankee offense. And the only big move they're making, if we're assuming LeMahieu back is a given, is, is getting Lindor. So they're basically one big move away from just having what I think – for what's available is the best possible outcome. And I don't think they're going to do it, but I don't know that was yeah. my idea. That's my sort of fantasy. I'm curious what you think about that. I'm, I, I think Schwarber, the best time to get a good player is off a down year. And I think Schwarber's coming off a very down year, obviously in 2020 and after two really good years in 2018, and 2019. So just curious what you think. No, I, I like it. I'd not, I, you know, you keep saying fantasy, but it's, Maybe it's fantasy in terms of you know the Yankees' current mindset, but it's certainly not fantasy in terms of its you know doability. Because, like you said, I don't think the asking. I'm. Per, I, I saw somebody. I saw somebody tweet the other day, like regardless of who trades for Lindor, you know, Cleveland fans are going to be, you know, their reaction is going to be, is that really all we got for Lindor? And I, I think that's going to be the situation. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be an astronomical asking price, so I definitely think that lineup is is doable. I would love seeing that lineup, especially after the Geo news. That that would provide a ton of insurance for if you know Geo is slow to come back. And let's face it, given the recent trend of Yankee injuries, we can't count on Urshela coming back in three months, like they say, because you just don't know if there's going to be setbacks or you know things like that. So. It's the Yankees, I, of course, they're old. Yeah, so that would, yeah, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of um, limiting Glaber's time at shortstop. You know, <laughs> Cashman said in his interview last night that he's a he's capable at shortstop. That's not what you want to hear about your shortstop. So, I think uh, putting him at second base as much as possible would be great. Uh, and I, you know, I mean, a middle infield of Lindor and you know Torres like my favorite player right now and Lindor is one of my favorite non-Yankees that middle infield would just be super fun for from a personal standpoint and then Schwarber like you said he would not be expensive at all I'm sure he could find some productivity at Yankee Stadium with that with that lefty bat I I like that idea of having him in a in a bench role yeah I mean it's better than having Mike Ford yeah I was just gonna say that's that's yeah yeah, that's a significant upgrade. And I think what excites me about it, and I know if I I've talk, I feel like I talk about this every week, is it it just gives you the it gives you the depth that they so missed last year that they had in 2019. Like even though all these guys got hurt in 2019, um, they they had you know I, I mean like Troy Tulowitzki was the opening day shortstop. Mm-hmm. Lemayhu didn't even start. And, you know, maybe becomes the, the the most important player on the team. So it's it's like they have that depth that they were so badly missing. Um, and, uh, you know, I just I think that it's it's really important to have that in, in this day and age. And um, uh, it may be if they're if they're not able to upgrade one of the rotation or the bullpen, 
putting together a murderer's row um, type lineup would be uh, a way to get around that. Yeah, I like it. It's very doable. Uh, Doesn't mean it's going to happen. No, but. certainly, do, certainly does not. But also, my fantasy, just coming off the top of my head right now, which I'd be totally fine with, is just to bring Didi back. Well, that's what I was going to say. And there's another way to do this. Like if if you can't pull a trade off, which, you know, sometimes that's not totally up to um, totally up to the team. Like, you know, if you can't find a a match or if the asking price winds up getting high, you could just bring Didi back. And, you know, in in my opinion, the lineup gets a little bit weaker because Lindor's a better player. But you still have that the depth. You still have the balance um, that that I'm looking for. So anyway, and I just love Didi. Who doesn't? He's the man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not not too much else. Not too much else going on. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned Sanchez would be batting it in the nine hole. Cashman did reaffirm that um, Sanchez is going to go into the year as the number one starting catcher, which was kind of a you know kind of expected after they tendered him a contract. I think it's I think it's the right move. The only the only other move that would make you say okay. Maybe it's not terrible to move on from Sanchez as if the Yankees inexplicably made the splash and got JT Realmuto, which tendering Sanchez a contact all but guarantees they're not going to be in that sweepstakes. I doubt they were going to be anyway. Um, but yeah, so like I know there's a ton of doubt surrounding Sanchez after the season he just had, but I just see so many people on social media saying, you know, this guy hasn't been good since 2017. People were really forgetting that he was a. Uh, an all-star and hit 35 home runs in 2019 uh, and so he's not nearly as far removed from um his his full potential than than people realize and i think it, i think it was cc that's i can't remember who it was someone said like you know sanchez just kind of needed last season to end he needed to like reset and and you know work on some things not in a, a game setting and right. It's, it seems like um, seems like he's been doing a ton of work ever since the season ended, which is not something I feel like anyone's been able to knock since like his minor league days. It seems like he's always working, and hopefully it uh, hopefully it pays off. I, I feel like a lot of people knock it, even though they shouldn't. Um, but I mean that that's just how how people are, unfortunately, with Sanchez. Yeah, and. Um, you know, just some people have that physique. Leave him alone. He, he obviously, like, he, you know, he's he's working in, in winter ball. It, it reports that he basically took, like, a, what, a week off and then immediately went down to the complex and started working on hitting. So mm-hmm. deal with it, you know? Yeah. I would, I would love to see him back in his 2019-19 form. Nothing would make me happier. That'd except be great. Except maybe adding a freaking pitcher that that'd be even better so we'll see i don't know i don't know if they're gonna do that i don't think they will i i highly doubt it i think uh i think the um tea leaves are reading that it's gonna be lemayhew and and that's it and then the yankees will be like all right we re-signed the guy you guys are all clamoring for us to re-sign now we don't have money we lost we lost this much money because of the pandemic and blah 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 Yep, and a ton of people will, and a ton of people will uh, be like, "Oh, you're right. Thank you so much, owners." Mm-hmm. 
stupid. <laughs> well, since there's probably no baseball news to look forward to, I mean, this was a, such a dull winter meetings. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, aside from, aside from that, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to this coming week? You know, if the real winter meetings was Disney <laughs> dropping all these bombs last night with all the, uh, Star Wars and Marvel shows. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the Mandalorian today, hopefully not too late in the day, but I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up on that and also looking forward to, um, oh, Dolphins Chiefs. It's a big, big football game for the Dolphins. First one in a long time. So, uh, so yeah, it's a pretty good weekend. You got Mando. You got Dolphins Chiefs. Notre Dame's off this week, right? So yeah, Clemson next week. Yeah, that'll be that'll be tough. Oh yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that's. I guess that's about it. What about you? Um, I have no idea. What is there to look forward to these days? Um, Oh, this is depressing, but I'm looking forward to watching the Knicks again. They've got their first preseason game tonight. Looking forward to uh, uh, hearing Mike Breen and and Clyde on the call again. feels like forever since I've watched the Knicks game because they were not one of the teams to go to the bubble for obvious reasons because they were terrible. But, uh, yeah. You didn't think think they deserved it? No, no. See at that time, at that time I was like, "Good, I don't even want to watch them anymore." But now, now that I'm here, however many months later, now now I'm ready to get hurt again. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, yeah, just hoping for some nice weather so I can get outside as much as possible before winter really hits and quarantine plus seasonal seasonal depression collide. So I'm gonna hopefully get out and play play some disc golf. I've been get, trying to get into disc golf, get any outdoor activities going possible. So I'm not always in the house. That yeah, that's a good one. Let, let me let me ask you a, a, a question, um, a political question. Probably oh probably loaded. Um, so just hear me out on this. Obviously, the vaccine is on its way. There was an approval yesterday. We have to give the vaccine to people who are at high risk with the elderly, frontline workers, everything like that. Yeah, I would hope that people like us are at the back of the line because there's people that need it a lot more. I I do too, but let me ask you a question. Do you think that athletes, you know, baseball, hockey, football, should be receiving the vaccine before us? The only reason I would say maybe is because think about – what it feels like right now during the week. There's nothing going on. I think I'm, I'm getting definitely very bored. If I have to wait for a vaccine, I'd at least like something like baseball going on where I feel, <laughs> okay, I'm sitting at home. There's, there's, you know, like things are going on. I'm able to watch it. I'm able to enjoy it. I don't feel like my skin's crawling. Like I want to go out, you know, I need some sort of entertainment. It, it's there. You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about that? Do you think, do you think that sports serve a, a, welcome distraction that would help people stay inside while they wait for the vaccine. I'm just, I'm just genu- generally, genuinely curious about that. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's such a ridiculous thing because people apparently have a hard time staying inside and, and, and quarantining, but if they have sports on every day, maybe that helps. Yeah, I could, I think I could, I think I could see that. I mean, I, 
you know, I pretty much stay inside at night no matter what just because A, everything is rightfully closed and B, I'm trying to take this seriously and, and do my part. If, if I'm getting out of the house, it's during the day and being outdoors. So I'd probably be inside anyway, but I would be a lot more entertained if there were, was baseball and other sports on. I th- honestly, I think I would say athletes should get the vaccine before people like you and me just because they're also traveling all over the country. And in some cases, you know, Canada as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, a, you know, 30-year-old healthy people like you and me should be in pretty much the – the back of the line so if we are if, you know even if it's between us and you know physically tuned professional athletes around the same age if they're traveling all over the country then yeah i'd say they should they could get it first it seems like the nhl is already pursuing privately buying the vaccine when once it's available for private purchase so i guess with all the travel they'd be doing i, I would say that makes sense yeah just just curious just pondering the, the ifs yeah yeah well, i mean hope with with the vaccine getting approved yesterday yesterday hopefully hopefully we're on track for having fans back by you know april i don't think it sounds too outlandish now if that trend if this uh vaccine trend continues i hope well i mean they're saying like most people aren't going to get the vaccine till over the summer so oh well, that well, yeah. yeah then that hurts well I'm just I'm just hoping for I'm hoping for a safe and full Yankee Stadium by you know by the playoff run. I think that would be I, great. I, I think I saw Fauci say like he thinks like September we could go back to events. So that'd be cool. I mean September would be perfect. Yeah, I mean it's be cool if the Yankees put together a contender so they could guarantee that they're playing meaningful games in September. Yeah, exactly. I mean they'll be playing them either way because. You know the Red Sox aren't going to be there yet. I still am confident the Yankees will can you know, be ahead of teams like Toronto, obviously Baltimore. So I mean they're they're going to be contending, but yeah, they probably won't be bona fide favorites because they don't care about that. Just they just want to get in. It's true. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I'm going to go watch the Mandalorian right now. Don't t- I'll, I'll text you after I watch it because I, I probably won't watch it until a little later today. All right. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, hopefully everyone out there who enjoys it, who enjoys watching it, enjoys this penultimate episode. And we hope uh, there's some Yankee news to talk about come next week. Hey, Yankees, this is a great weekend to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. You should probably get that done. Give us something positive to talk about. So, yeah, that's a plea from us. But in the meantime, we will talk to everybody next week. See you next week, everybody.